You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 60. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Happy New Year! 2024 is upon us, and I look back at the accomplishments from 2023 and the miracles that God has granted to me and my family And I just thank him profoundly. And I am humbled and honored at the transformation that he has so sweetly begun in my very little life. I want to begin this podcast by asking you to consider doing what I have done in the last two weeks, and that is slowing down this month and considering the transformation that God has allowed you to experience in your life in both body and soul during the past year. I've discovered that we can't just look forward into the new year without taking some time to look back and see how far we've come in our journey to heaven. As Christians, we're right now wrapping up the Christmas celebration in our homes and in our churches this very first week of January. So with the Sunday Feast of Epiphany, we celebrate the three wise men, the three kings who come to pay homage to the newborn king in Bethlehem. We hear the gospel of this story at Mass, and most of us will arrive home and step solidly into the month of January forgetting that gospel. But no matter where you are or when you're listening to this podcast, I'd like you to take a moment to consider the three kings and their beautiful story and let it just unfold into your life. This story will help you take stock of last year and how you performed with your goals, both physically and spiritually, and where the newborn king and his bright, beautiful star wants to lead you this year. I want to begin by reading you an excerpt from The Mystical City of God by Venerable Mary of Agreda. I love this poignant account of the life of Jesus and Mary told to St. Mary of Agreda by the Blessed Mother herself by private revelation. Here is the detailed story behind the short paragraphs read to us on Sunday at Mass, the Gospel. I hope these words sink into your heart and start your new transformation. Here goes. The Heavenly Mother awaited the pious and devout kings standing with the child in her arms. Amid the humble and poor surroundings of the cave, in comparable modesty and beauty, she exhibited at the same time a majesty more than human, the light of heaven shining in her countenance. Still more visible was this light in the child, shedding through the cavern effulgent splendor, which made it like a heaven. The three kings of the east entered, and at the first sight of the sun and the mother, they were for a considerable space of time overwhelmed with wonder. They prostrated themselves upon the earth, and in this position they worshipped and adored the infant, acknowledging him as the true God and man, and as the Savior of the human race. By the divine power which the sight of him and his presence exerted in their souls, they were filled with new enlightenment. They perceived the multitude of angelic spirits who, as servants and ministers of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, attended upon him in reverential fear. Arising, they congratulated there and our queen as mother of the son of the eternal father, and they approached to reverence her on their knees. They sought her hand in order to kiss it as they were accustomed to their own queens in their own countries. 
But the most prudent lady withdrew her hand and offered instead that of the Redeemer of the world, saying, quote, My spirit rejoices in the Lord, and my soul blesses and extols him, because among all the nations he has called and selected you to look upon and behold that which many kings and prophets have in vain desired to see, namely him who is the eternal word incarnate. Let us extol and praise his name on account of the sacraments and mysteries wrought among his people. Let us kiss the earth, which he sanctifies by his real presence. Unquote. At these words of the most holy Mary, the three kings humiliated themselves anew. Adoring the infant Jesus, they acknowledged the great blessings of living in the time when the son of justice was arising in order to illuminate the darkness. Thereupon they spoke to St. Joseph, congratulating him and extolling his good fortune in being chosen as the spouse of the mother of God. And they expressed wonder and compassion at the great poverty beneath which were hidden the greatest mysteries of heaven and earth. The Magi took leave and departed while most holy Mary and Joseph, being again alone with their child, glorified his majesty with new songs of praise because his name was beginning to be known and adored among the Gentiles. The three kings then betook themselves to a lodging inside of the town of Bethlehem. The devout kings felt a divine fire, which flamed up in their hearts, and not being able to restrain themselves, they broke out into exclamations of sweet affection and acts of great reverence and love. What is this that we feel, they asked each other? What influence of this great king is it that moves us to such desires and affections? After this... How shall we converse with men? What can we do who have been instructed in such new, hidden, and supernatural mysteries? O greatness of his omnipotence unknown to men and concealed beneath so much poverty! O humility unimaginable for mortals! What would that all be drawn to it in order that they may not be deprived of such happiness? The kings went to rest full of incomparable joy in the Lord and in their sleep the angels advised them as to their journey homeward. On the following day at dawn, they returned to the cave of the nativity in order to offer to the heavenly king the special gifts which they had provided. Arriving, they prostrated themselves anew in profound humility and opening their treasures, as scripture relates, they offered him gold, incense, and myrrh. They consulted the heavenly mother in regard to many mysteries and practices of faith and concerning matters pertaining to their consciences and to the government of their countries. For they wished to return well instructed and capable of directing themselves to holiness and perfection in their daily life. The great lady heard them with exceeding pleasure, and she conferred interiorly with the divine infant concerning all they had asked in order to answer and properly to instruct these sons of the new law. As teacher and instrument of divine wisdom, she answered all their questions, giving them such high precepts of sanctity that they could scarcely part from her on account of the sweetness and attraction of her words. However, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, reminding them of the necessity and of the will of the Lord that they should return to their country. No wonder that her words should go so deeply and affect these kings, for all her words were inspired by the Holy Spirit and full of infused science regarding all that they had inquired and many other matters. On taking leave of her, the three kings besought her from their inmost hearts not to forget them, which she promised and fulfilled. In the same way, they asked of St. Joseph, with the blessing of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, they departed, so moved by tenderest affection that it seemed to them that they had left their hearts all melted into sighs and tears in that very place. 
They chose another way for their return journey in order not to meet Herod in Jerusalem, for thus they had been instructed by the angel on the preceding night. On their departure from Bethlehem, the same or a similar star appeared in order to guide them home, conducting them on their new route to the place where they had first met, whence each one separated to reach his own country. So the kings were so profoundly affected by the infant Jesus and the mother of God, the queen of angels and saints, that their lives were forever transformed. This is our spiritual and physical task this year, my friends, to study the way of the kings this week and this month, to visit the infant Jesus in the blessed sacrament and gaze upon him, to attend Holy Mass reverently and let his body and blood transform you with every Eucharist. This year, let's visit the confessional often to relieve ourselves of burdens that hold us back from visiting this holy babe. The journey of the three wise men is our journey. Here is the advice that the Blessed Mother gives to us through St. Mary of Agreda to begin our year. She says, My daughter, great were the gifts which the kings offered to my most holy son, but greater still was the affection which which they offered them and the mystery concealed beneath them. On account of all this, they were most acceptable to his majesty. I wish that thou also offer up similar gifts, thanking him for having made thee poor in condition and profession. For I assure thee, my daughter, there is no more acceptable gift to the Most High than voluntary poverty. There are very few in the world in our days who use well the temporal riches and offer them to their God and Lord with the generosity and love of these holy kings. The poor of the Lord, so numerous in our day, experience and give witness to how cruel human nature has become, since in their great necessities they are so little attended to by the rich. Thy ceaseless offer, however, my dear daughter, must be love, which is the gold, continual prayer, which is the incense, and the patient acceptance of labors and true mortification, which is the myrrh. So to summarize, if that is at all possible. This is just so beautiful. I just recommend you get this book and and you just kind of read it through the church year, little by little. To summarize what the Virgin Mary is talking to St. Mary of Agreda about the, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, it's this. We owe it to Jesus, really, to look back at the past year and just answer how we gave him gold in the form of love frankincense in the form of continual prayer, and myrrh in the form of acceptance of our circumstances, and also how we're going to mortify ourselves, which means how we're going to subdue our bodily desires in love of him. And on this podcast, that would be fasting. So this is what we need to do. We need to look back on the prior year and say, how did we do this? How did we do all of these things? How did we give these gifts to the Lord? And then how are we going to give these gifts to the Lord? How are we going to do better in 2024? These are the things really that Jesus asks of us. So this is what we need to form our 2024 goals in light of doing better than last year in love, prayer, and sacrifice. All of this is included in spiritual fasting with the addition of giving away our possessions and riches to those around us that are in need. Now that's a really good one. So I hope that you can let the Feast of Epiphany really sink into your soul this year. Let the newborn king transform you by his very presence in your life. Go to him. Ask the Blessed Mother to send an angel to form a guiding star for your life 
so that you may always travel toward Jesus and the Holy Family like the wise men. And then form your goals accordingly. One goal that I always have is to live the church year more intentionally, to put all the solemnities on my calendar as feast days, especially when they land on fasting days. They're different. This action helps me actually live a rule of life. It actually helps me live through the life of Jesus year after year, asking him to transfigure me deeper and deeper unto himself. If your whole life, regardless of your circumstances, revolves around these feasts of God, teaching yourself and your families to eat, fast, and feast, then you will find true happiness as the kings found that Christmas time 2,000 years ago. Our goal is not to amass wealth as much as it is to amass virtue. One of my favorite, very old, cartoonish short films to watch every epiphany is The Little Drummer Boy. It can be found on YouTube now, and it is a delight every single year. I absolutely love it. It was created in 1968 when cartoons and short films could actually tell the real story of Christmas and convey the meaning of true happiness. And it does tell the story of Epiphany. If you haven't seen it, please watch. If you have, you recall that the little drummer boy, so abused, lonely, and angry, shows up at the manger scene at the very end with such hope and desperation out of love for his little lamb that has been struck dead by a moving cart. And by the way, the symbolism in this beautiful stop-motion television special is profound. I urge you to watch it again. Anyway, back to the little drummer boy. He is looking for the three wise men that he met in the desert days before to see if one of them can save his little lamb. He knows they are following the star, so he follows two so that he can find them. When he does find them, he asks them for healing. But one of the kings responds, I am a mortal king only. I cannot save him, my friend. But go to the babe in the manger. He can save him. The little drummer boy responds, I don't understand. But the king replies, that's okay. Just draw near to him. Gaze upon him. He will help you. In this manger scene, Mary is glowing blue and the infant Jesus is pure white light. Together, they are the focal points amidst the darkness and drab of the stable. Even our sweet Joseph is not illuminated. They got it right back in 1968 because true happiness is gearing all of our life around Jesus through Mary. Jesus through Mary will heal the little lambs in our lives that have been struck down for whatever reason. If we just draw near to Jesus in the sacraments, invite him into all of our struggles, including our weight, and just wait in joyful expectation for his answer, then true happiness will ensue. Going back to the cartoon, when the little lamb of the drummer boy is healed, he has nothing to give the babe in return, so he plays his drum for him, utilizing his only talent and possession at the time. He literally gives his all. And Mary nods at him. The wise men acknowledge the gift. And one of them says, Your gift, given out of a simple desperation of pure love, is the one gift favored above all. Let me repeat that. The wise man says, Your gift, given out of a simple desperation of pure love, is the one gift favored above all. The little boy's heart is transformed. His past abuse and hurt and anger melts away, and he looks toward the future with love and mystical endurance. The scene ends with a quote from scripture, Blessed are the poor in heart, 
for they shall see God. It is just so powerful and beautiful. And I urge you to just watch it on YouTube for the 25 minutes that it is. It's it's just so profound. And I encourage you to savor Epiphany this year, even if it's past when you're listening to this. Epiphany is defined in Webster's Dictionary as the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles as represented by the Magi in the book of Matthew, chapter 2. You know, I'm taking a few more days to really study this, maybe all of January, and form my goals around the church year. I want to figure out the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh that Jesus wants me to give this year. I want to look back and see how how well I did in giving those things to him last year and how I can improve. I plan to spend some time in front of the Blessed Sacrament to ask Jesus all of these things. I'm going to pray an extra rosary a day to ask the Blessed Mother to help me discern and show me the way to what Jesus would like me to do this year. How does he want me to adore him? How does he want me to act and give to him? I will fast and pray for discernment like the wise men and the faith and humility of the little drummer boy. I will fast and pray for that too. I leave you with the words of St. John Henry Newman, as he said in a homily on this year's Epiphany. Here's what he says. Epiphany is a season especially set apart for adoring the glory of Christ. At Christmas, we commemorate his grace, in Lent, his temptation, on Good Friday, his sufferings and death, on Easter Day, his victory, and on Ascension Thursday, his return to the Father. And in Advent, we anticipate his second coming. In all of these seasons during the year, he does something or suffers something. But on Epiphany and the days after, we celebrate him as an august and glorious king. For all seasons, we must thank God for time of sorrow and time of joy. Each has its own proper fruit and its own particular blessedness. And that's how he ends it. So look back at your year, look forward at the coming year. And may you consider slowing down this month and this year and considering the transformation that God has allowed you to experience in your life in both body and soul, not only during the past year as you have gazed upon the newborn king, but what's coming up for you in the new year. What little lambs has he healed for you? And what more can you give him in return? Categorize your goals into the gifts of the wise men. Gold in the form of love, frankincense in the form of continual prayer, and myrrh in the form of fasting. If you set up your goals this way, you just may find that this coming year is the most profound one yet. Happy New Year, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please subscribe and even leave a five-star review if you wouldn't mind so others will hear the great message of spiritual fasting, getting healthy, losing weight, and getting back to the sacraments this new year. Have a great week, my friends, and I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. 
I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.